Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of No Way. Our guest today is a dear friend of mine. We've worked together, played together, and even traveled together when that was a thing. I am very excited to have my buddy Luke Rodrique with us today. Luke is ridiculously talented and wicked smart. He has been in films such as Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Godzilla, and The Seventh Son. You may also know him from his roles on ABC's The Crossing, Freeform's Siren, or in his role of Arca on Apple TV's C. You might also recognize Luke's voice from such animation series as Daniel on Molly of Denali and King Harrow on The Dragon Prince. Luke will be in the upcoming CBC and BET Plus drama, The Porter, so look out for that. Now, let's go to the movies. What's up? I am it's here. It's our great friend Luke. Live and in the flesh. What's up, guys? What a ta, Luke. What a ta. my So many questions about that. Thanks for being here. Uh, uh, our, our, this is a, a good friend of all three of us, so we're really excited to have you join us today. And man, we got lots to talk about with this film today. But uh, mm-hmm. how are you? It's nice to see and hear your voice. Yeah, you too. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm a little tired. I was uh, filming for 14 hours yesterday or something, and uh, so I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to be working. So yeah, feeling. Are good. you getting tested right now? I, I yeah, I did. I did get the COVID test. Came back negative. What kind do you get? Do you get do you get the soft nose one or the deep into the brain? Uh, I, I, I had my choice actually. They, they, <laughs> they asked me if I wanted the full meal deal experience and I said, I mm. don't know if I don't need to get it then. Cause apparently they were saying that the, um, the full meal deal right up into the brain is 99% accurate, but the one where they just kind of go around your lower nostril is 94 to 95% accurate. So I was like, yeah. you know, 4% difference, you know, give me the, give me the non the uh, rec- one. rectal ones coming in at about 99.9%. So, oh, yeah. Well, I'll definitely yeah. get that one next time because yeah. that extra 0.9% is. I'm actually doing difference. them uh, pro bono. If you, oh, amazing. Yeah, amazing. I'm just doing them out of the back of the house. Uh, I didn't know this was part of the podcast, but great. <laughs> no, I'm trying to advertise my new it's, business. It's a sponsorship of ours. It's a new sponsorship. Nice. I'm surprised you haven't seen Cave on Around Set doing mm-hmm. these tests. Yeah. David's rectal <laughs> yeah. COVID screenings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to get a recommendation, but I'm I'm very solid. I'm good work. Uh, please tell our listeners what movie you have brought to the table today. All right, so I have chosen the 2001 sleeper hit Pootie Tang. Sadate. Got my dillies on a pepper tang. I hear that. Do you remember? The sort of subtitle of that movie, like the secondary title. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a uh, Pootie Tang or Sign Your Pity on a Runny Kind. Shine your pity on the runny kind. Pootie Tang is the ultimate superhero. A cool walking, smooth talking ladies man, Pootie is a hero and a role model to all the kids of the neighborhood. Everybody looks up to Pootie except evil Dick Lecter, CEO of Lecter Corp, a company that makes cigarettes, alcohol, and fast food. Pootie shows cool determination and strength to prevail over Lecter and his minions. So basically, it's a superhero origin story is what I'm getting at here. It was released on June 29th, 2001. It was written and directed by Louis C.K., produced by Chris Rock and MTV Films with Paramount. So Paramount originally intended for the film to be a limited release by Paramount Classics, their art house division, but later Chris Rock's involvement and the success of a somewhat similar Austin Powers movies convinced them it had box office potential, and so they changed it to a wide theatrical release. It stars Lance Crowther as Pootie Tang, Wanda Sykes as Big Shorty, Chris Rock as various characters, including Pootie Tang's dad, Jennifer Coolidge as Irene, and J.B. Smooth as Trucky. 
It was made on a budget of $7 million and it did an abysmal $3.3 million at the box Ooh. office. It completely bombed. <laughs> it completely bombed at the time. So Roger Ebert gave it a half star. And this was the first paragraph of his review. It's, it's, it's amazing. Pootie Tang is not bad so much as inexplicable. You watch in puzzlement. How did this train wreck happen? How was this movie assembled out of such ill-fitting pieces? Who thought it was funny? Who thought it was finished? For that matter, was it this finished? Guy right here. <laughs> all of us. All of us. What a top. Take take away the endless <laughs> opening titles and end credits, and it's about 70 minutes long. It's like one of those lab experiments where the room smells like swamp gas and all the mice are dead. Whoa. That is that is Roger Ebert's first paragraph of his written review. It sits at 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. And just to give you a little bit of, um, I think, which is a really, this is the most interesting fact that I found on this, is that Louis C.K. is credited as a writer and director, but has stated that he was all but fired from the film during the editing phase. So according to him, Ali Leroy was hired to extensively re-edit the film. So openly agreeing with Roger Ebert's dismissive criticism that the movie should not have even been released, C.K. said that the finished product, though containing parts he enjoyed, was far from his own vision of the film. Wow. So according to Louis... Release the C.K. cut. I know. Release the C.K. cut. I'm pretty sure that's the last thing that's going to happen right now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So... Apparently, the Paramount president, John Goldwyn at the time, yelled at Louis, accused him of wasting Paramount's money, and called the film unreleasable before they brought in the other editor. So I am so curious to what the hell this movie was before they completely changed it to what we saw on screen today. Got my dillies on a pepper tank. I hear that. We want to ask you is like, what is your connection to this film? Um, I was probably 13 or 14 years old and I got my first DVD player. Like this is when like DVDs were first coming out and I remember the first DVD I bought was Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson and then the second DVD I bought was Pootie Tang and I don't remember why I bought it but I did. Um, I think it was just at this zenith where like I was really into like you know hip hop and R&B culture. I was really into comedy. I liked Chris Rock and I really liked absurdist weird bad movies um honestly like me and my friends would just you know you know smoke a j and like watch a movie and have the best time of our lives and this was like top of the list and i loved introducing it to people too because no one i know really outside of a few choice people have ever heard of pootie tang and when they see it just the looks on their faces as they're watching it and as they're trying to figure it out is half of the enjoyment like lance crothers performance is incredible. Like, he is so committed. And he is not an actor. Like, he's a comedy writer. I think he only has, like, seven credits on IMDb as an actor, and they're all just little tiny roles. And then Pootie Tang, like, the lead. Like, and he is just so incredibly committed in this ridiculous setting and story uh, that it's just, like, every single shot of his reactions and lines and takes are just gold. I got to say to Nano, my brother, what a tie. What a tie. We got a game here that we like to do, which is a challenge, a challenge to you, Luke. This is called the, uh, called the elevator pitch. And you're, you, you got like two sentences to make the elevator pitch of what this movie is and why someone should make it. And you've got like, you've got like 20 seconds. I am Chris Rock. Um, I will bring so many people in to see this movie. You're going to make tons of money. I got this dude, Lance, who's the funniest dude you've ever seen. My buddy Lance, we're going to throw a bunch of like feathers on him. He's going to be mainly bare-chested, uh, dancing around, speaking gibberish for like an hour and a half. And okay. um, yeah, yeah, I'm Chris Rock. Give me my money. Yeah. Don't bang the dillies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lay out um, what we call givens. There's this incredible framing device in this film, which is an interview between the character Pootie Tang and, and Bob, Costas. Bob, Bob Costas. Bob Costas. And he's, yeah. it's at the beginning and it's an end. It's a bookend. Pootie Tang presents his entire film called Sign Your Pity on the Runny Kind on Bob Costas' show uh, to the level where Bob Costas <laughs> at the end says, that's the longest clip I've ever seen in my life. 
you know, that is the longest damn movie clip I've ever seen. Yeah. So we're going to say a given is that we're here actually to talk about the movie Sign Your Pity on the Runny Kind, not the movie not Pootie, Pootie Tang. Um, See, that was Roger Ebert's problem. Was He was like, I'm, he was reviewing Pootie Tang. Reviewing and he was like, dude, Pootie Tang is not the movie we're watching. We acknowledge and establish a given that the character Pootie Tang is supernatural. Uh, the, the ability to dodge bullets, uh, the ability to raise the dead, um, and an overall uh, overwhelming charisma and um, people, women, men, seems like all humanity have an undeniable draw and attraction to Pootie Tang. Uh, and the third and final given is that Chicago has gorillas, and in particular, they seem to be present in the industrial area of Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, so those are the givens. Let's get into it. Hell yeah. Round one. All right, so our no way number one. The movie starts, sign your pity on the runny kind. We meet Pootie Tang in an incredible action sequence, fighting crime, taking down Dirty D. Uh, we go back, we get an origin story. We meet Pootie Tang as a child with uh, their parents. Uh, it's evident this character is charismatic, uh, but dad is a, a strict and firm and honorable role model and teaches Pootie a lot of lessons. Pootie Tang grows up and is a sensation. Music, film, martial arts. We're meeting an incredible human being of moral high ground. Here's where I come up to my first no way. One of my favorite parts about Pootie Tang uh, thus far in this film is there's uh, an inherited moral high ground. I love seeing that Pootie's, uh, he throws the contract in corporate America's face. He says, I don't care if you give me $20 million. I'm not going to let kids smoke cigarettes and I'm, I'm not going to endorse whiskey and no cheeseburgers. Let's have bell peppers. Like he's, he's really on his high horse and there's a great scene. He's hanging out with his crew. And Chris Rock says, we're going to go to Biggie Shorty's party. I hear there's going to be bitches there. And Pootie smacks him in the face with the belt. You going to Biggie Shorty's party tomorrow, man? Ran a can. Woo! Shorty! <laughs> party tomorrow, man. Yeah, there's going to be some bitches in there. <laughs> you right, you right. Respect the women. Respect the women. Because he respects women. Don't call women bitches. My first no way comes in at uh, 16, uh, 26 minutes, 30 seconds into the film. Pootie has released a song, a hit, which uh, is no sound. Uh, and he's just stepping off the stage uh, from a... Is, from a also, is this the scene when he sings with, uh, is it Missy Elliott? Yes, it's Missy Elliott. Fuck, that's a good scene when he pops up to do a guest sing. What a time. So if uh, this scene essentially was we watched Pootie Tang leave the stage, uh, admired by all, a, an attractive young woman uh, snuck onto the elevator, got all the way to his private door, uh, called out for him, uh, and he... Presented her with a saucer of milk. Don't leave me out here on my lonesome. Give a girl something! I find this horrendous uh, action on Pootie's behalf incongruent with the moral narrative that has been going on about his perspective and treatment of women. Uh, Wait, this I is what I have to argue now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pootie's yeah. behavior in this situation? Well, well, but, you know, but my no way and my belief in, in, in Sign Your Pity on the Runny Kind is the establishment of the character of Pootie Tang is that he's respectful of women. He, he checks his friends when they use uh, a, a, a lang inflammatory language against them. And, and then this character slides a saucer of milk out the door to this young woman uh, in a in a dehumanizing gesture, and I think it's a no way because it doesn't line up with with the with what they've established as a character. Look at her licking milk out of a bowl. 
Well, here's what I'll say about that. I am in no way, shape, or form endorsing Pootie Tang's behavior in this situation. In fact, re-watching this movie now, um, in this day and age, like, it's obviously, it's problematic in a lot of places, as a lot of films were back then. However, I do not feel that this is necessarily incongruent with his character and what he says. Later on, there is a scene where he is at the bar with Biggie Shorty, and she goes on at length about how it is reputed that it is so difficult for any woman who really wants to sleep with Pootie Tang to actually bed him. But, uh, and again, it's, it's a really good point to bring up about this film and the era of films as we watch them. Of course, this, this, this film, as a lot in this era, is uh, misogynist and there's inherent chauvinism going on and um, it, it's, it's pretty tough to, to watch. So again, I'm not asking you to, de- <laughs> I'm not asking you to defend sh- misogyny. <laughs> Uh, uh, Luke, 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 I'm asking just, you to yeah, defend yeah, it, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking traps. Hey, welcome to our podcast, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you feed milk to women and bulls? <laughs> but if he, but if he, but I'm talking about what they are establishing in the film with this absolutely, character. Absolutely, absolutely, that all, he respects women, the- and then it seems in this moment that he is really being disrespectful. And I, to a degree, uh, uh, agree with you. I think that he is disrespecting this woman, but at the same time, like, who is this woman? And she's coming in and she is just this crazed groupie and he never says anything. He just inches his way towards the door and then he tries to give her some sort of gift that he knows that she will enjoy. I'm kind of with Luke on this one watching it again because I never clocked the first time I watched it that she says, can you give a girl anything or something, she says. And I think that Pootie Tang would have just closed the door before. And I think in that case, Pootie Tang went, I'm done with this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have this exchange. And he was going to close the door. But then when he heard her say, can you give a girl something? I think in Pootie Tang's strange world, he did give her a gift. He gave her this bowl of milk. And if I were to put myself in a situation where, like, if I had some huge celebrity crush and I managed to get to that point where I'm at their door and they were like, get the fuck out of here, I'm done with you. And I was like, oh, can you just, come on. And then they slipped out a fucking... Whatever uh, it was. Anything. Right? Anything. I'd be like, I got a gift from Anna Kendrick. Yeah, yeah now in the world of the movie making... It's kind of awful, <laughs> like yeah. knowing that like yeah. Louis C.K. wrote this and knowing that like, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like from the perspective of watching it as a movie. Yes. Um, but like she gladly took the gift See, and that, was very this, happy with it. No, but here's my thing. But this is my thing. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying strongly to live inside the parameters of sign your pity on the runny kind. Absolutely. I'm not thinking mm-hmm. about Louis C.K. I'm yeah. not thinking about it being 2001. I'm trying to think about, okay, what are they giving me? Who am I? What am I learning about this character? And mm. I'm seeing a character that is being taught uh, that they are a moral Leader, and that I understand as the movie continues that like their purpose is to do good. So he's fighting against toxic corporate practices on children. He he he's, he has an issue. He's also a his, man of few words, though, right? Like he I understand, necessarily... I understand that, but he but he but he is taking strong moral positions that are, to quite frankly, ahead of their time. As, as far as I'm concerned, as I'm watching this movie so far, I'm going, wow, this guy's really ahead of the curve. He's hitting his friend for calling women bitches. I was like, I'm standing applauding in my living room. I'm like, wow, this guy's really ahead of his time. And then he offers her a bowl of milk on the floor and closes the door. And this is where I was like, hang on. And that's uh, personally, as I'm watching what I'm interpreting from this character, when she says, just give me something, I go, he had so many more other options as Pootie Tang in that situation. You don't know what's in that room. That might be a room with just milk and bowls. <laughs> and you don't know what that what that milk was. That might have been like the best Avalon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if I may here, if I may, we are presented with yes, this figure that is seems to be very has a really high moral ground. But is he not allowed to have flaws? Could he, is it out of the realm of possibility that, yeah, he is misogynistic? It's like, you know, at the time, I think if we look back at a lot of celebrities or figures, and then all of a sudden people we highly regarded at the time, all of a sudden something comes out about them years, years later that now we're like, ooh, that wasn't okay. That's not, that's not good. You know, 
he's also living in the 2001 world that we are presented with in the film where that kind of is unfortunately the norm. So it's like he's got this pub public persona of of respect but he also has those cracks of misogyny and isn't quite the morally you know amazing character that we are set up with that he, he, he doesn't is. know how to talk to women either do you think that the 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 offering of milk in a saucer which i think represents an animalistic thing you know being like it's 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 a, it's a cat's offering at the door you know it it, it is this congruent with his moral uh, uh, outlook and does he perceive it as a moral action that lives in tandem with what he's trying to be? I think Pootie Tang does. However, I think it is probably one of the most questionable moral choices that he makes in the film, if not the most questionable moral choice. What's going on for Pootie behind that door uh, that he goes, (laughs) this is what I can do? We're really cracking open Pootie Tang now. Like, yeah, like now yeah. that I'm thinking hey, about man. it, like I'm thinking, yeah, like he doesn't know how to talk to women. I think maybe he has some deep seated trauma. He only knows how to deal with women through this quasi sexual way because he knows that's why they love him and in turn how he will receive love. And he holds them at a distance and le- only lets them in when he feels comfortable. Like, through the whole film, he doesn't really have any real conversations with any women. Even when he talks to Biggie Shorty, she's doing most of the talking. I tell you, though, someday I'm going to get me a piece of you myself. And he just kind of comes back with little tiny responses. He only really talks to his boys. And even then, he doesn't even really talk to them too much. He's a very silent, held-in uh, character who really keeps his emotions for when he sings or doesn't sing. Also, I just thought of this. Food seems to be a kind of common, at least twice in the movie, kind of a common offering as a way to communicate to women. He brings this woman a bowl of milk. Later on in the movie, when given a pie, he approaches his potential wife, and instead of saying anything, he covers himself in pie to kind of (laughs) somehow explain what he's feeling or or what he wants. Which, by the way, is one of the strangest moments in cinematic history I've ever experienced. I loved it. Um, But there is something to be said in that, yeah, I'm kind of a... I hadn't thought of this, but Luke is really saying something I never noticed, which is, yeah, that I don't think that Pootie Tang kind of has the language, which is great to say about Pootie Tang, because he has his own entire fucking language. But Pootie Tang doesn't have the language to, like, communicate his feelings to women, I think. And so for him... I'm on the side that this is a way, that this is actually a morally good thing he did. He didn't want to sleep with this woman. He didn't want to use her. He keeps his hands away. He gets inside, and you know what he does? He even offers her something that in his way, because he doesn't know how to communicate to women, he goes, well, I'll give her I'll give her some fucking nourishment, some food. I don't know. What do I have here? Here's a, here's a bowl of milk. Who doesn't love a bowl of milk? I love milk. Fucking here's a, it, for him. He's doing something good. I think. Yes, that's he's not yeah. he's not doing it as like a misogynistic thing or like a, let's fuck with this crazy bitch. I'm going to see if she'll drink some milk. I think for him, he he chose something highly uh, uh, lovely for him to do from Pootie Tang's perspective. From Pootie Tang's perspective, I you know just for our listeners here, we are not defending this moment in, in oh in, god in, no. the, in the context of it's disrespectful. And I, you know, in the context of the movie, it is not cool. We're just trying to make sense of why yeah, ignorance moral, is not a defense. It's, yeah, the but moral it's, character of if we are presented, like Kayvon said, with this character being the more the most morally high character we have in this film, mm-hmm. how could he do this? And Mike, you've presented and Luke that together that he doesn't see it in the moment as a misogynistic gesture. He does just doesn't know how to communicate. Go away, basically. Yeah, and I'm just standing this. by a way. I'm done with my point. It's a way for me. It's a way in terms of a moral point and boom. The core of my no way is I don't think that this action, this gesture of a saucer of milk as a dehumanizing tactic is in line with the moral demonstration we've seen from Pootie Tang thus far. And the counter that I heard is that we're dealing with a character who has trauma and social uh, ineptitudes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he he. I mean, he was beaten by his father for his entire childhood. Even when his father wasn't there, he would suddenly be ripped with the belt for even thinking about stealing an apple. 
So this <laughs> it's is true. a it's boy true. and a man who has deep-seated trauma. He was physically yeah. abused for years. Kayvon, imagine getting the belt for things that even when your dad wasn't around, you had this belt come out of thin air and slap you. I'm hearing some of the trauma argument because, yeah, there's a lot of physical violence being enacted on this child. And I think if you've watched this film, listeners, there's a moment where we're first introduced to the idea that women are um, uh, just torn up and overwhelmed with Pootie Tang. I think in the scene he's seven and there's a woman throwing his toddler toys out the window of the apartment like it's a breakup. And I, and now that you talked to me about trauma and almost a social ineptitude, uh, that's actually quite a traumatic sequence of watching a grown adult woman screaming at a seven-year-old child on the street corner, throwing his toys out the window. I was so scared about talking about this because like, if you haven't, I would recommend everyone who's listening to this to watch this movie first. Cause if you haven't, and you just hear this discussed, like, oh yeah, it's just a seven-year-old child dating a... 37-year-old woman who's throwing all of his stuff out the window. That's one of my favorite (laughs) scenes in the movie, but like... It's so good. And he's speechless the whole time. And we're... We're single-handedly with this show going to get more views for Pootie Tang than its original release, so... (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. So then I I say, should we just tally it? Should we tally it? So we've got Kayvon saying in no way. I'm still on way. Uh, Yeah. I'm, I'm... I think my difficulty with this point is I'm trying to separate myself from my moral standpoint in watching this film and not endorsing this action and thinking this is gross um, just from kind of like a a viewer standpoint, especially in 2021, watching this movie back saying like that fucking sucks, that that was even – the film it should have cut you know on the editing shelf right as she closed the door end of scene we're moving on um i'm trying to separate myself from that and trying to i feel like justify um uh tang's actions because i'm trying to find his moral ground and keep him in this kind of like hero-like uh place within myself and so we've Mike, I think Mike, Luke and I have discussed of like this could happen because he actually doesn't think it's a bad thing to do. I want to say no way and agree with Kayvon because I want to seem like, you know, morally high. But then I've got this other side saying like maybe this character there, he just doesn't know what he's doing at the time. But yeah, that. Is well, we're not talking okay? about morals here, right? We're just talking we're about not, exactly. We're happened. not talking about morals. And, yeah, if we're talking morals, I'd say no way as well. But yeah, we're, we're just talking, just about, talking what had about introduction of character, narrative, writing. Does this make sense with what they've done with the character to date? In that case, it is a way for me. Oh, life uh, finds a way. Pootie Tang don't water tie to the shame of cow. Cause that's the Kama Kama leap at Shai. Wait, wait, it's a wait, way, wait, and, wait. and 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 the and the time wait, wait, and wait, 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 wait. one of the reasons being that I didn't clock it at the time that I was watching it. It was until you brought it up that I oh, had to I had to really think about it. At the time, I'm like, ooh, that sucks. That's not okay. But I didn't question in my brain. Wow, that's way outside of Pootie Tang's like moral ground oh man I, I, for a second i, I, I thought didn't. you said you didn't clock that it was a shitty action the first time you watched <laughs> it at all and i was like wow markian no, markian's no. 20 21 morals needs to that two percent no, he's I, like fuck that's super nice of him <laughs> i love milk she's lucky no i didn't say that i said that i recognized that it sucked but i didn't question Pootie tang's actions in that world at all the time right of viewing all it. right what happens now Kayvon has Kayvon has to drink a bowl of milk. I gotta drink a bowl of milk on the floor outside of a door whenever you want me to. And not yeah. the good stuff either. And not none of that. Yeah. Wait, what's the bad stuff? What's weak, a bad weak yeah. old whole homogenous milk? I mean, yeah, quick side note though, what is your gu- in your guys' opinion the worst brand of milk to you guys? Brand? I don't even know milk. All brands. all of them. I think milk's gross. Wow. What? I love a nice. I'm a. I'm a milk guy. I'm a one percent or a skim milk. A nice cool wow. glass of it. Yeah. Um. Uh. This the soy milk. I can't get behind the taste of it. 
I'm into all of them. I used to really like 2%. I actually got lactose poisoning one time when I was younger <gasps> because I drank so much 2% milk in one sitting. That can happen? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, so that's so crazy because, like, I was raised drinking 3.25. Like, I was on homogenized. Whoa, that's yeah. some priority yeah. shit. I, is that a priority thing, Mike? Because I did the same thing. I had homo milk until I was about 11 or 12. Attach your lips to a cow's udder and get it over with. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. But, but sorry, this is going on a total tangent. But at my high school, we couldn't have a pajama day because it was too uh, risky. Like, the, you know, the, the principal said, this school has some standards. We're not going to have a pajama day here because we don't think certain families would like their kids going to school dressed in pajamas. But we were allowed to have a milk chugging contest in the main hallway. <laughs> Which the only way to win, because to, in order to drink a full jug of milk, you physically have to pee yeah, to create absolutely, more milk. absolutely. So we had students and teachers vomiting milk <laughs> in the hallway in order to, they were, they were covered in garbage bags. You had one uh, of the four liter jugs? Yeah, and the first person who finished the jug won. And so I'm curious now, I'm like, fuck, how did they not get... You're allowed to barf some of oh, it. it's and the only way to going. win. Like, your stomach can't carry that much milk, I've learned. So it's like, it's just finishing the jug. Eat all your vegetables and don't bang the dilly. So post this number one hits come out, we see uh, uh, Pootie Tang very successful. Um, And then essentially what moves forward is the introduction of Biggie Shorty's party, the big banger. Yo, man, a Biggie Shorty party is exclusive, man. They don't let nobody in a Biggie Shorty party. They got a line around the block. Ain't nobody in, man. You know what? Nobody we know can get in this party, man. They don't let no light in. They don't let no electricity in. They don't let no water in. So we go to the party and then we are introduced to the nefarious plan, of course. In the meantime, we do witness Pootie Tang resurrect someone from the dead out of pure will. Also great moment in that scene. But we learn that Pootie Tang does have a kryptonite. It is, quote unquote, hose by defined by this film, represented by Jennifer Coolidge's character, who is a almost sadomasochist Dom's sub relationship with her her wiles and uh, defeats Pootie Tang by getting him to sign the contract to work with the evil corporation, and that brings us to that brings us to forty one minutes twenty five seconds into the film, and now we'll watch this clip, and then Mike will explain the second no way. Round two. You know, Biggie Shorty, I got to say, I always had a high opinion of Pootie Tang. But the way things are going now, not only is he sold out, he's scraping the bottom of the barrel. Pootie Tang was drugged by that crazy-ass Irene. Haven't you been watching the movie? And that's what disturbs me. He's out there... Uh, Even to kind of give my no way a little bit of lead-up, we can all assume... uh, I'm going to talk about two kind of givens here with this no way. One is that Bob Costas is playing himself, Bob Costas. Bob Costas is the same Bob Costas in uh, Sign Your Pity on the Running Kind as Bob Costas is in Our World or Any Reality. He's Bob Costas, right? Um, Also that... Again, we're talking about sign your pity on the runny kind. We're not talking about that. So in my opinion, that scene is still a part of sign your pity on the runny kind. Um, Biggie Shorty is still Biggie Shorty there. All that stuff. Also, I just want to talk for a quick moment about Bob Costas. The man has 28 Emmy Awards. He's been a primetime host of 11 Olympic Games. Bob Costas is not some fucking small-time fucking midnight talk show host. He doesn't get pushed back behind Jay Leno. He doesn't get, you know, Bob Costas is a big deal. My no way is that in this world, Biggie Shorty is famous enough or has enough clout to have been invited onto Bob Costas' (laughs) talk show as a guest. I don't believe that from what we've learned in the movie that she is a figure in the world that is so has such celebrity status that she has been invited for an interview by Bob Costas. Well, okay, so it's already been established that Pootie Tang is one of the most well-known celebrities in the world. And Pootie Mm -hmm. Tang 
earlier on in the movie, I believe it's earlier on in the movie at this point, really wants to go to Biggie Shorty's exclusive party. And when they get in, JB starts talking about Biggie Shorty's parties are so exclusive. They don't let electricity in. They don't let air in. <laughs> air be outside being like, how do I get in? Air ain't on the list, you know? So we know that Biggie Shorty's parties are incredibly exclusive to the point where Pootie Tang... A, wants to show up and is friends with her, and B, that no one can get in. So just in that fact alone, just the fact that Pootie Tang is friends with Biggie Shorty denotes to me that she would have enough status to get on Bob Costas' show. For sure, for sure. And when you watch that interview scene, that is actually her title. It has two titles. It's... (laughs) Pootie Tang's friend, and then once she says, I know Pootie Tang, then it becomes knows Knows Pootie Tang. Tang. So literally, her fame, her fame, according the justification of her fame in that moment, according to the film, is just her proximity and relationship to Pootie Tang. Cool. I agree with that. I agree that being And Bob Costas uh, needs the info. He needs to know what is going on with Pootie Tang. Sure, sure. My no way still stands by the fact that, like, even the most famous people in our world right now, have you ever seen someone just interview their friends like I don't think like I would say some of the biggest celebrities are going to be like Scarlett Johansson Brad Pitt all these big names I've never turned on to a turned on a late night talk show show and they're like hey we got Brad Pitt's friend tonight (laughs) like sure it might be interesting but it's never happened like Maybe not Bob Costas level, but if you remember when Charlie Sheen had his great falling out and the tiger blood and everything, they were interviewing his various lovers on like Now, who was interviewing them? Was it for like it was, journalism? No, no, like, no, no. It was not Bob Costas level. No, I'm not. And I'm not even saying Bob Costas. I'm saying, was it late night talk show? No, or was it was not it late like night news? talk show. No, it was it was like yeah. news reports and like, you See, know. and in that case, I get it. Like if, it, if that was a news report with Biggie Shorty, if they were like, hey, we got a, a new character. Character. I'm the I'm the CB5 Chicago News. We got uh, Biggie Shorty, Pootie Tang's friend here. Biggie Shorty, what happened to Pootie Tang? I'd believe that. I'd believe that. I'd be like, wait, of course. She's close to him. But this is like an entertainment talk show. So I don't believe like a full that just half by hour being with friend- Biggie Shorty. I fully buy it in the world <laughs> of sign your pity on the runny kind that Pootie Tang is he is well beyond entertainment in terms of a, a, a celebrity in terms of entertainment. He is a cultural figure. He is a crime fighter. He is a political leader. Like, he's an urban legend. It's so big, this character, that, yeah. yes, I think knowing him is enough to get you on 60 Minutes. Why Biggie Shorty? Why not some of his closer friends? I'm sure they would love to be on Bob Costa's show. Why not Chris Rock's character? Why not get Dirty D on? Why, why not get someone not else? Because none Shorty. of them, yeah. Yeah, why not Biggie Shorty? And those dudes don't want to snitch either, right? Like, they don't want to, like, talk bad about their friends, you know? They don't want to tell if, stories if, out if, of school. if it's Biggie Shorty's goal to sleep uh, uh, or bed with Pootie Tang... How would this help her case in doing that? I even agree with that, yeah. She is a force of will. Just by her going on there and saying, like, you watch. He he just needs some of my good loving. It's like her telling him again the only way she can because she can't talk to him now. He's in the country, right? Has he gone to the country by She's then? actually the best person out of – she beats his friends out of the water because she goes on – on the biggest program she can find and says, you don't deserve Pootie Tang. Yeah. Everyone who's yeah. out there hating on him. Where's his friends? His friends are at a diner being like, oh, Pootie. <laughs> and she's on TV being like, he's the best. Can you pitch to me why the per- like the person who's like, you got to choose Biggie Shorty. Can I hear the pitch of that person essentially of like why Biggie Shorty is the best choice to bring on in the Pootie Tang story? I believe one of the producers immediately would say, well, Biggie Shorty's here. She's been here all day and she's already mic'd up. So there's that part. She's just dancing outside. She's always dancing. That was her corner, like right outside of the studio. She's just dancing outside of Bob Costas's studio. May I just go uh, jut in here? Can we name a celebrity in the history of mankind? I'd I'd say in the last say 100 years, that we can compare Pootie Tang to? Pootie Tang Mm. equals this person. Bob Costas. Prince, maybe? Okay. (laughs) I'm saying Prince. I'm saying Prince. I'm saying icon, icon, musical talent, 
uh, power of 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 seduction and and form and litheness and stuff. And yeah, I was gonna. I I agree with you, Luke. I was gonna say Prince or Michael Jackson, if I may. We we're because I've been listening mostly to this argument and staying out of it. And I wanted to bring up that that comparison of celebrity because my question from that was, did you ever on late night television see Prince's or Michael Jackson's friend on late night? No, you never no, did. You didn't. We never, no, you didn't. never saw it. Okay, so we've got that. But what Kayvon and Luke are building up here is that he is on such a high level that being associated with him will get you on that late night. Yet we've never seen that in in the history of our own celebrity. So therefore, we are kind of making up a... Uh, a what if or like this is this is this is this has to he's got to be on this level that we are trying to justify um, Biggie Shorty being on this because he's this level, which we have mm-hmm. never really seen before. So that is a bit of a hypothetical. I can give you I actually I can I can I can squash this and it's it's an unfortunate example. OJ Simpson, Cato Kalen. Cato got on every every show. Cato was on everything. He was on 60 Minutes. He was on Arsenio. He was on Oprah. Like, he did the circuit. And it was all based off of knowing association to O.J. Simpson. And and that's a horrific crime that was involved there. But in this film, they're equating that Pootie has committed a horrendous crime in the eyes of the world of this film that he has turned his back on everything he stood for by signing the contract with Lecter Incorporated that it is like a crime he's a criminal right now and anyone I think could get any slot on the primest time or late night show to be uh, to talk by association that one actually sells me a little bit yeah if you could name somebody if you could name somebody Kayvon then I'm away as that was what I was looking for. If you can yeah. name one person who's done this before or that we have an example or precedence. Yeah, because you were kind of swaying I me mean, over there, Marky, and I, I wasn't sure if – but yeah, yeah, I'm, I think I'm still away. I mean honestly, that was my biggest defense is I'm just like I don't believe that there's ever been a celebrity so famous that just by knowing them, you get celebrity status essentially. But when you do combine it with the fact that A, Pudi Tang is an unprecedented level of celebrity – uh, B, it has existed in our world before. We do know a case where this has happened. And C, the fact that it's a specific circumstance because it's not like Pootie Tang's fine and all's good and they're like, hey, we got Pootie Tang's friend and it's like something has happened to Pootie Tang. And so the story is Pootie Tang, but the guest obviously can't be because of the circumstances. So in that case, I guess it's interesting where it's like, I would have had a no way if any of his friends were on for the same reason, but now I'm persuaded that any of Pootie Tang's friends actually probably could have been on Bob Costa's show that night because of the nature of that moment. Yeah, shit. Fuck, <laughs> oh. I think I'm away. I think it makes sense. I think Biggie Shorty had absolutely wow. every right to be on Bob Costa's show. <laughs> Life uh, finds a way. Before we move on to our final no way, there's something inside of this fucking scene that might picked which is actually like we're not gonna like it's not a no way because it's too complicated oh, but man i know it's like i know first, what you're gonna say what, what movie, movie are they watching, they watching it's, in it's, that yeah scene? it opens a whole can of worms it opens a whole can of metaphysical worms she is biggie shorty she is biggie shorty from sign your pity on the runny kind discussing pootie tang from sign your pity on the runny kind haven't you been watching the movie? And that's what disturbs me. They are watching Sign Your Pity within Sign Your Pity, within the world of... Dude, it's like it's like Westworld. Like, it's like the AI became sentient. It's Inception. What movie is it and who's in it? And then not to mention, in the Pootie Tang intro, he introduces all the actors in the film as their character names <laughs> yeah. and Robert Vaughn. Yes. So all of those characters live in the world outside of the movie, except for Robert Vaughn, who's a real actor outside of the world of the movie. And then within the movie, Robert Vaughn is playing a character, but everyone is playing themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got so many layers, man. It's a it's a real it's a real uh, Inception onion, man. Yeah, I want to see at the end of at the end of Pootie Tang. I want to see Bob Costa <laughs> spin the top, and we don't ever see if it falls or not. <laughs> <laughs> got my dillies on a pepper tang. Concentrate. I felt high watching it the entire time. 
And, you know, also, too, before we get into the last thing, one more thing, credit where credit is due. The introductions of characters and their dances they did was some of the fucking best shit that I have watched as of late. I thought it was brilliant. I was on the floor laughing, basically, of these introductions of characters. So if any, like, you know, film geeks are out there looking to make a film, if you want to introduce characters, watch... (laughs) Pootie Tang on how to so properly good. introduce characters into a film, which is have them do random dancing and like a music video <laughs> from the 90s. It was so brilliant. We are uh, finished two rounds and uh, they're both come in as ways. Um, I do think this third one's. I mean, I feel like we have to ask ourselves whether or not this, we want to double or nothing on this third one to see winner, you know, winner take all in the last round. Yeah, let's go double or nothing, man. I stand behind Pootie Tang and everything within the world of it. Fantastic. If you guys can walk me out of this last point, then Pootie Tang to me is basically a flawless film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is this is Markian's final third. No way. We're going double or nothing. Winner take all on round three. Round three. Pootie Tang has been uh, seduced by the uh, character played by Jennifer Coolidge. He has signed the contract with the evil corporation and has now receded to the country, uh, becoming a recluse to try and uh, sort himself out and finds himself in an amorous situation with the sheriff's daughter in town. They have a very... Um, unusual sexual chemistry involving a pie. Baby, I'm gonna sign your pity on the runny kind. The local sheriff sees this as an indication that Pootie uh, is now betrothed to his daughter and has an honor, uh, an honorable position to see out by marrying his daughter. Had yourself a little time there, eh? Huh? Uh, before that can be fully seen out, Dirty D arrives on the scene with his secret weapon, his father's belt, there to end Pootie's life in a showdown in the main road. A very um, a spaghetti western moment. So let's watch this scene as uh, he has a sh- Pootie has a sheriff uh, threatening him with a gun and Dirty D arriving on the scene. Pootie Tang! Pootie Tang! Uh-huh. You know these guys? I come to call you out, maggoty-eating bitch. You ain't come one, but many time tainies. So, if you haven't caught on to what my no way is here, Luke, the sheriff has a gun. So the givens that we have talked about this entire podcast is he is a martial arts expert. Just We just witnessed that with Dirty D. He can dodge bullets. His hair is also bulletproof and can uh, uh, ping bullets off of his hair. He is arguably the most powerful person in this film. Why is he going along with this and how is this sheriff so threatening to him? Oh, this is the easiest one of all. What? It's not threatening at all to him. He just goes along with law enforcement because he is he is upstanding and he stands on the side of the law. So he would never mess up a sheriff of the law. And he thinks it is better to go along and marry this woman than it is to hurt this upstanding uh, sheriff. He doesn't want to hurt a cop. Is this but this sheriff is not acting his actions in that moment are not on behalf of 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 his role as a sheriff he's speaking as Absolutely. a father he's speaking as a father yes. he can't mm-hmm. actually legally press Pootie Tang with anything so Pootie Tang wouldn't be breaking any laws by telling the sheriff yeah. that I'm sorry I'm not going to marry your daughter just because we had a really great time with the pie so why is he adhering yeah. to the the father's wishes, not so much the sheriff's. The sheriff in this case is acting in bad faith and is using his status 
and his weapon absolutely as a threat absolutely. and he is not actually upholding his own oath as a cop to do the best for the citizens and for the community so wouldn't it be in Pudi Tang's best interest to get a crooked cop out of this position and using threats with a gun to marry my daughter like I was saying but I think Pudi Tang is also aware of the fact that he did in fact sleep with this man's daughter and that he probably should uphold some uh, end of the bargain on his side of things as far as a relationship goes. And um, I think he feels like he is in the wrong and that coupled with the fact that this is an officer of the law and the father of the woman who he is currently sleeping with as well, that he is not going to hurt that man and that is it is a better choice for him to go along with this marriage. He's already living in the country. He's already... He's already uh, resigned himself to this life of corn growing. And Great, that's- but uh, he, but but he leaves the wedding mid wedding and and fucks off. He doesn't uphold his wedding or his oath or anything to this girl. He literally the first opportunity he gets, he leaves without even talking to the guy, talking to the woman. He's gone. He's gone. I don't think he has a, a, a loyalty to her. He has a loyalty to his like own weird twisted code of ethics and that the situation that has come up that um, uh, that oh, J.B. Smoove's character. Who's J.B. Smoove's character again? What, what's his name? Trucky. 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 Yeah. So when Trucky comes and tells him about what's going on with the kids back home and that and that they're using his uh, his name and his face to tell him to do horrible things, that that. Uh, code of ethics supersedes anything else. He has an original code of ethics that says, if I'm sleeping with this woman and her father wants me to marry her, I'm not going to, I either have to, you know, mess up her father or kill her father, which I'm not going to do, or, you know, or marry her. After they have their fun with the pie, Pootie Tang has a vision in the field with his dead corn of his mother and his father. His mother shows up as a cow and his father shows up as a stock of corn and teach him that the belt is not really the source of his power and that the world needs his goodness and that he cannot hide away in the country and he must go out in the world and be the leader and the strength and good that the world needs. Daddy? You damn right I'm your daddy. Now, Pootie, what you doing running away from your problems? Pootie? Teach the world right from wrong. So this is something that's happening to Pootie before the sheriff says, you need to marry my daughter. And then we find ourselves, Pootie beats the bad guy, knows that the belt's not his power, has got his belt back anyways, and knows that the world needs his goodness and needs his his leadership out there in the world. And the sheriff puts a gun in his face and he ends up at the altar ready to marry her. I'm not saying it's a we- not a weird choice, and I'm not saying that it's, it is on the line for me too, but I don't think he has any other choice in that situation. You know, it's a shotgun Luke, wedding. Luke, why doesn't he just say no? He did say watata to the shamakau. Because I don't think that is going, I don't think that's going to satisfy this cop. He's, yeah, well, he's, he's already shit, He's know? already cocked a gun in, in Pootie Tang's face. You say you you can say respectfully, sir. I can't go along with this. I have a world to save. Basically, I can't do this to your daughter or to you right now. I think we can all acknowledge that the gun is not really what's driving Pootie Tang's actions because we've seen so much evidence. Oh, but this time the gun is right in his face, right? Like it's not far away where he has time to. No, I still we still know that Pootie Tang's nose hairs would come out, deflect the bullet. I acknowledge that that he's impervious to bullets and guns. It's it's, it's as as you're saying, I think it's that Pootie Tang finds himself in a moral complexity, a moral uh, conundrum. It's not about a gun. The gun's symbolic of the sheriff's expectation. But we know Pootie doesn't have an issue with weapons. So it's it's that he thinks he can't just say no. But it's not about it's not about him marrying the daughter. It's about the fact that the father just wants a, a husband for his daughter, and that is what Pootie Tank feels bad about in that scenario. He's going, "Nah, it's right. I told it, I basically told this man I'd I'd give his daughter a husband, and so that's why he had to go along with it." He but never as soon said as that. there was he as never soon as said uh, Trucky, as, he never said it. But that's the feeling I'm getting. But as soon as Trucky shows up, 
and he realizes that he can still uphold the deal. He doesn't of say that. A he doesn't say that. He gets in the car and leaves. He gets in the car and leaves. He doesn't know what. I know, but I'm, I'm no, I know. I'm doing conjecture. This is totally conjecture, but I am kind of seeing the moral side of this now a little bit, a little bit. And I know, and I know what you're saying. He doesn't say it. He does just get up and leave. But I think Pootie Tang knows exactly what's going to happen. I'm calling false flag on this of him knowing or anything knowing the future of it because we don't know that it's not presented in the film, and we can't assume he's going to know the outcome of just getting in a car and going on his way. Fair enough. But Pootie Tang is very good at reading people, you know, and like he's already seen the intent of this sheriff. And I think he has a pretty good idea what will happen if he leaves his friend there, which is, again... Uh, uh, I think we're just assuming here he knows what's going to happen. I think he was just in the moment being like, there's something bigger. I can get on that board of like, there is bigger Yeah, quite problems. possibly. He's got to just go and deal with this thing, leaving Trucky there. Trucky is now caught in this situation because Trucky can't dodge bullets. So when he gets the gun in his face, he's got to go along with whatever this guy wants and has Definitely. to do. So it, for Trucky, the threat of the gun is very, very real. And that's why he's doing this. With Pootie Tang, not at all. I want to, t- I want to tether No Way 1 to No Way 3. I knew you. We have a, I knew you. We have. A, I know. Well, we because because we're sort of talking about a character who seeks the the right path, but is is traumatized and flawed, and in a lot of ways seems to react to what's right in front of them, and and reacts to the the, the, the given scenario in front of them, and, and tries to take the the right path. So we are seeing that this character is trying to do the right thing, even though it may not be um, responsible or on point. It's like a hierarchy of needs, you know, or a hierarchy of morals. What I would say to that is in situation one where he did not want to sleep with this woman was his goal, is that he did not want to go ahead with this relationship. Therefore, he compromised or whatever with the bowl of milk that's how he justified it so in that his goal i do not want to sleep with this woman therefore i do this in situation three his goal and we know this he never wants to marry this woman truly why did he sleep with the sheriff's daughter biggie shorty explains it in a monologue what does she say about the farmer sheriff's daughter makes Pootie Tang a real hero. He can't stand by and see a woman not loving herself. He's gonna put the love in her. Now me, I say just give her a compliment. <laughs> you know what? That quote alone, that quote alone makes it away from me. If he is not noble in this small moment, he could never be the hero for the world. And sometimes it takes an inciting, it takes an inciting event to be able to realize your vision and what it means and what it means to use your goodness. Like until Trucky came back and told mm-hmm. him about what was going on, he didn't realize that that was maybe the true calling of his goodness and what he actually needed to do until that very yeah. moment. Yeah. I think he lives in the moment. I think he certainly lives in the moment, but like, I think, I think would like, would you all agree to this statement? Would you all agree that this statement is true? Pudi Tang is a man of his word. Whatever that word happens to be. And I don't understand it, but yes. Yes. Yeah. I I, I I don't know. What promises does he make throughout the film? Do you think Pootie Tang is a man of his word? Yes or no? <laughs> do you think when he says he'll do something or he has an idea that he Based will follow through with it? Based on his demeanor, yes. I would think he's a man of his do word. Do you feel like you're getting cross-examined right now, Markian? <laughs> I'm being cross-examined, but I just... I, I, <laughs> I didn't ask I, for I, I have the other side to this, which you are can, all saying... Can I just finish yes, this? Go thought? ahead, and then I'm, I'm going to come Sorry. up with my Achilles very heel. Simply, very simply, very simply... I believe that Pootie Tang had made the decision that when his life was kind of resigned to live at the farm, that he basically gave his word that like he would marry this daughter once he made that choice, like once he had sex with her. Well, we don't. Oh, sorry. Once he had pie with her, uh, and then and then that happened. I think that even when Pootie Tang has power again, he still is. Went. I I made this choice though. I was I I was going to do this, so I have to do it now. Powerful even when I was weak. But then. Even bigger to his word is to protect the city. Hierarchy. So that's why he leaves. Hierarchy, that. yes. Hierarchy of needs. Maybe they don't make sense. Maybe he's forgetful that he has these hierarchies. But like, 
I do think that he said yes to marrying her because he kind of had, he understands that once you slept with someone, you know them biblically. What? And in this group, you, 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 you got to marry no, her now. No, obviously and, slept with people in the past. We know that. He, when he meets the sheriff and the daughter in the store, it is very evident to all of us that the sheriff is like, go ahead, you know, like get in there. Like anybody would be, be aware that this is a bad scenario and a bad situation. Hi, Daddy. Now, now, Stacy, honey, listen, there's a new fella here in town. He's coming in here in a minute. So? So? So maybe you can marry him. That's what's so. The next thing we see is that he (laughs) paints his body with her pie. I don't know what pain he's going through, but his first reaction to receiving a pie is to cover his body in it and to entice this woman who he knows is in a small community. And to look directly at her and say the title of the movie. I'm going to sign your pity on the runny cat. I'm going to sign your pity on the runny kind. <laughs> on the runny kind. That's right. I mean, anyone would know, don't don't maybe engage in that carnal relationship in this small community. I think he knows he didn't do the right thing. I think he knows he stepped in it. And I think that in, the, in previous examples, people kind of like when they say Based slept, on what evidence? I honestly... Common on everything, knowledge. He, on everything, Kayvon just yeah. Said, you yeah, walk into like, a community. Like, you met you met the dad the same time you met the daughter, and he was like, "She's available." You know, I I just think I think he knows he stepped in it more than than other situations, and um, he was owning it. He was owning it. Even the look on his face at the wedding was like, mm, "Got me." Like he's like, "Yeah, like eh, I shouldn't have done that." You got me, but then I'm just gonna leave in two minutes. My big question: like, this is a big thing about the characters. Uh, I'm not so much confused about why he adheres to the marriage. I'm really confused as to why he ever slept with her because I'm, uh, uh, and that's where it speaks to Wanda Sykes. She said it. She I said don't it. think that so much. I honestly think because he covers himself with a pie and he's all alone out there. I think something flawed is going on. So man, there's many ways. You ever been out to, to the, the love country, Kayvon? You ever been there for an extended period he's, of time? People do yeah, weird man. stuff. People I live do weird there. Stuff. Yeah, it's it's. You do you weird lonely, stuff. Man. Okay, okay. Hey, you hey, hey. You guys are both proving my point. It has nothing to do with her. Then it's not about him altruistically trying to show that she should love herself. He's doing weird stuff because he's out in the country too long. <laughs> Quite possibly. Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I think now uh, we are we are at the point where we've heard all the arguments. We're going to talk ourselves into a circle here. Uh, everything has been presented. All the evidence has been shown. And now we are being judge, jury and executioner of this movie because we are going double for nothing. I am still with a no way on this one. I'm a full way on this one. And I think he knows he stepped in it. And he and he has to he has to own it. He made he made his bed and he's sleeping in it. Yeah, I think you guys know where I stand. I think it's a moral hierarchy. Once again, he's a flawed man. He makes mistakes and um, he's living in the spur of the moment. I'm I'm still I I still think it makes sense for Pootie Tang. Way. I think it's a way. Sadate. Life uh, finds a way. Which I do believe brings us to three ways out of three, and that means... I mean, I would say it's four ways. We said double that's, or nothing. That's I think four it out of three. That's a four out of three for ni- 2001's Pootie Tang. <laughs> the most absurd movie we've ever encountered is a fucking way. Uh, it is. It's such a way. Uh, you're a baddie daddy, tummy tabby chai. <laughs> Sepa town, tippy ties. But thanks for introducing this film to all of us. I mean, I think if anyone's not seen this film out there, you should definitely check it out. There's something, there's something really interesting going on outside of obviously. There's a lot of dated issues, and obviously you're dealing with a creative head like Louis C.K., which is incredibly controversial. But inside of all that, this film is really interesting because of how it challenges structure and whatever happened in that editing pass off, something cool happened. I personally think Roger Ebert is wrong. I dug how amorphous 
this uh, the concept of how to tell story happen through Pootie Tang. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I just love sharing that film and like just rewatching it now. Uh, like, yeah, it's a little dated, but I still enjoyed it almost as much as the first time I saw it. I was laughing the entire way through. And um, yeah, I, it's mainly the reason I chose this. Is I just want to like share it with the world a little more. Oh, uh, I thank you so much for choosing it. Like it was such an enjoyable watch. It was such a surprising Watch. Um, uh, quickly here, we have something called the funnel meter, which we would <laughs> technically use to offset what we would have as no ways of like, okay, this movie can't happen, but how much fun did we have? Obviously, we've talked about how this movie can happen, and it is a way. But let's give, just go, go through here quickly. Out of 100, a score of 100, how much fun did you have on this movie and watching it? I'll start quickly. I think I had about a 98. I was, I was into this. I loved the editing, the performances, and just the absurdity was right up my alley. Ooh, I gotta give it like a, a like a kama kama leap a chai out of a hundred guys. Like it is, <laughs> I'd give it like I might give it like a funometer. It's an incredibly fun time. I think I don't know how much more fun I could have at a movie or watching a movie. I don't want to say a hundred because that sounds ridiculous. But yeah, I'll pop like like a ninety eight as well. Two thousand and one me would have given this a ninety nine percent rating. I think that today's me is around an eighty five. Yeah, I give it a solid ninety. Where where I stand right now, probably like 2001 me would have been higher, first time watching, but now where I stand, solid 90 on the funnometer. Me and Mike are the highest on the funnometer. I guess we just enjoy. But your first time watchers, man. If I was a first, a first time, time watcher, watcher right? like, like holy the, shit. the absurdity of it. I you know I was saying to to Kayvon and Mike before we got here of like this beat a lot of the current comedies coming out with me just based on form. The way it was edited, the style choices, like there was some hilarious shit that happened in that in that movie. Oh. That definitely man, when Wanda gone. Sykes just beats up that like oh. drooling man in his oh, car. That was a yeah. Weird moment. What you want? I find you doing too much. How much? Thank you, Luke. We uh, uh, here at the No Way Podcast, we appreciate your time that you took to to, to come on here, talk about your favorite film. Uh, we had a great time. Obviously, we all loved the movie, and um, uh, thanks for bringing it, bringing it to us and chatting about it. It's it's a total way. You you, you brought a winner here, so thank you very much. Hey, what a time, my damies. Take my bed off. Take your bed off. Take my bed off. Take your bed off. Take my bed off. Take your bed off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the No Way Podcast. No Way is produced by Marky and Tarasiak, Kayvon Koshkam, and Mike Gill with the help of Speakeasy Theater and the Cinematics Creation Company. The show is edited by Kayvon Koshkam with original music by Ben Elliott. The No Way Podcast is produced on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh people. Please join us next Friday for another blockbuster episode of No Way. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at No Way Podcast and Twitter at No Way Pod. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time at the movies. Oh